0: Brandon Rumbaugh is a highly sought-after speaker with an incredible reborn story. In 2010, while serving in Afghanistan as a United States Marine, Brandon lost both of his legs in an IED explosion. However, after months of medical procedures and rehab, Brandon decided to use his story to help others. Today... He's a highly sought-after speaker. He is the national spokesperson for the Rescue 22 Foundation. The Rescue 22 Foundation is an organization that provides task-trained working canines to veterans. Uh, He's the executive director of the nonprofit Still City Impact that serves inner-city youth in Pittsburgh. And he is also a popular fitness influencer on Instagram, you know, whenever I see any of his social media posts, I'm like, why am I even complaining today about anything? Uh, this guy works harder than anybody else in the room. And, um, you know, and he's lost both of his legs and still he, he has purpose, he has passion. And not only that, but he is inspiring and motivating uh, so many people around the world. I just I want to kind of catch the listeners up to you've came such a long way in your career and I know that there was a pivotal a pivotal point from when you got injured um, to all of the surgeries and everything that you had to undergo uh, and then you kind of changing the way the mind thought and 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 wanting to. Uh, have purpose in your life and to be yeah. an inspiration to others. Can we kind of just kind of go back a little bit and catch the listeners up and can you share with them your injury and yeah. some of like the, the journey that you went through and then to get you to where you are today?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, well, first off, I want to thank you for for having me on and, you know, giving me this time to to really, you know, share my story. And, you know, I really enjoy doing this um, and I hope that your listeners can can take something from this because that's why I, I get out here and and, and share my story, um, hoping that somebody doesn't make the same mistakes that I do or hoping that somebody, you know, maybe, you know, I would never wish for somebody to, to be down and sad and depressed and upset. But mm-hmm. let's be let's be real here. It happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, you know, listening to this, it might be able to bring them out of that. So I just want to thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it means a lot. But, um, you know, back to. To my story, so I was I was hurt in Afghanistan back in 2010. I was serving in the Marines with 1st Battalion 8th Marines. I was on my second deployment, and uh, you know we were running steady missions in this uh, this area in Helmand Province. And uh, one of my Marines had stepped on an IED, Lance Corporal Chavis. Uh, he's still with us today. Uh, he had stepped on an IED, an improvised explosive device, and it took both of his legs above the knees. And uh, I was uh, responding to the call over the radio. Um, I had heard what had happened and called for a medevac and knew that he was about three to 400 meters away from the house that I was currently living in that we uh, set up shop and were running missions out of. So I knew that we could get to him uh, fairly quickly. The helicopter was about five minutes out, which was great. They had a, a, a medical team on board of the helicopter, which was promising as well. We typically didn't have that. Um, so I grabbed a stretcher, grabbed a couple of my guys, and we sprinted down to the blast site. And uh, right away, we recognize just from, you know, the the training and the, the previous months of being in Afghanistan that um, these guys are, are very calculated in what they do. Um, if there's one IED, there's typically 20 more. Um, there's always a follow on plan everything that they do. You know, that initial attack or that initial surprise is kind of just something to throw you off your game. And then there's some type of follow-up. And we knew that. So we weren't sure if it was going to be an ambush or if maybe there were other IEDs in the area, somebody's waiting to to set them off remotely, waiting for us to gather, waiting for the helicopter to land, whatever it may be. Um, but I knew that we had a, a short amount of time to get to him uh because it's it's our job on the ground to get him from the blast site to the helicopter. The helicopter's not going to do that. Um mm-hmm. So I had to make a decision um, as a squad leader, being, you know, in a position of leadership. Um, you know, what do we do? So I, I was like, you know what, I gotta be the guy to go in and get him. So I grabbed the stretcher um, and I start walking in towards him. And uh, I get about 20 feet away from him and I step on a secondary IED that took my left leg below the knee, uh, my right leg at the hip, um, you know, broken my arms, collapsed my lungs, uh, my back was pretty messed up um, had shrapnel in my face, uh, got a lot of my teeth knocked out. Uh, my eyes were pretty jacked up. Um, I was,
0: do you you remember any of that?
1: I I do. I was, I I was awake the whole time. Wow. Yeah. So what do you you um, remember
0: thinking during that time? Did you think that you were going to die? Did you think you were dead? Because you, your story though, you did die though, right?
1: Yeah, a couple times actually. So it was like I, they had gotten me to a place where they had, you know, revived me, and then I was stable for a little bit, and then I died again, and then I kind of played that game for like the first three or four hours. But I, when I, when it first happened, I legitimately at first I thought, well, I didn't trigger the ID because I'd mm-hmm. been the person in front of or the person behind somebody on several other occasions that step, the other person stepped on an IED. So my initial thought was, Oh, somebody else just triggered it. And I'm just within the general vicinity of the blast site. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I, remember thinking like, man, this is a pretty big IED if I didn't step mm-hmm. on it and I'm still feeling this way. So and this is, once this is dust, what,
0: this is what you're thinking when, yeah, this like is what I'm as, thinking. as you stepped on it. Okay. Wow. Correct. Okay.
1: I'm still not like still haven't comprehended that I'm the one that stepped on the IED mm-hmm. because it just, it like I said, it felt worse than before, but it, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh shit, like this, this didn't happen to me. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm like waiting for the dust to settle so I can see who had gotten hurt. And I'm, I try to get up and I can't get up. And I'm like, okay, this was a, must've been a pretty big blast. And then the dust settles some more. And then I try to get up and I can't get up. And then I look down and that's when I was like, oh shit. Like my left leg was gone below the knee it was like a clean cut um and it was pretty weird seeing that and then my right leg was still there mm-hmm. but it was broken in so many different places um that it was it was pretty much done that's why it's amputated all the way up to the hip it was basically mm-hmm. just destroyed at that point and then that's when like everything kind of hit me all at once i noticed my breathing getting really shallow um I, I was going in and out trying to keep my eyes open um was in a lot of pain and then um you know, I started thinking about everything and I'm like man like this is it like i I've, I've played this scenario so many times in my head and just like prepared myself for it but never really thought that it was gonna happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: wow and yeah you just start thinking about like you know there, I'm sure some of your listeners I'm sure there's somebody that's gonna wow. listen to this that's been in a life and death situation before and they'll be able to 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 relate but like for whatever reason I thought about all the like the negative stuff that I'd done in my life and thinking about like what I could have done differently or how I would have done this instead of this. And I don't know why I was thinking, like we're talking the most random stuff and Hmm. I I just don't know why. And I don't know if it was, you know, whatever it was, but, you know, I remember telling myself, like, if I get through this, I'm not going to be like that anymore. Like I need to be a selfless person. I need to give back. It's not about Brandon anymore. Um, it's about, you know, how do we take care of those around us and how do we provide uh, for people that maybe are less fortunate or people that might not have the drive or the motivation or the means to do the things that that we're able to do? Um, You know, how can I position myself uh, to do that for people if I make it through this? And the way I positioned myself was not laying around and not letting this this injury kind of defined me and uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but I realized that now that's my way of giving back is by getting up every day and leading a, a, the most normal life that I can live because people see that and it, it helps them, um, you know, How many, how many
0: surgeries did you have?
1: Um, I had a, over 15 wow. um, just in the first couple months.
0: Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm.
1: I said, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint exactly how many, yeah, um, you know, I went back for follow on stuff. But if I had to guess anywhere upwards of 20, you know, mm-hmm. um, Wow.
0: Were you over yeah, at Walter Reed?
1: Yeah. yeah. So I was at Walter Reed, the old Walter Reed yep. uh, for about seven months. And that hospital okay. actually dates back to to the Vietnam guys that were there. Wow. So um, they actually, while I was there, they were getting ready to close it down because they were building the new hospital in Bethesda, you know, mm-hmm. a billion dollar project over there. And, uh, they had actually finished it about seven, eight months through my recovery. And then I transferred everything over there and it was just like a whole new hospital. It was crazy.
0: Do you feel like the injuries and everything that you went through in that moment, um, overseas and kind of talking about like your near death experience, do you think, do you think this is like a second chance at, at, for you to do life?
1: Oh my gosh. I feel like 1000% it's a second chance. It's almost like, like. It was. It's almost like I needed it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I was mm-hmm. going. Not saying that I was like this horrible person. You know what I mean? But like I was not living. If you compare it to how I'm living my life now to how I was living it then, mm-hmm. complete mm-hmm. polar opposite, night and day. And if I would have continued down that path, I don't know where I would be right now. You know? And I'm. I'm very. I'm just happy with the life that I have now. I'm thankful. Yeah.
0: When when did your mindset change? Was it in the hospital? Was it in between surgeries that? you know, the transition from being overseas and getting injured and making your way back to the States and then starting your journey to recovery, um, how, like, how quick did the, the, did the mindset and did your way of thinking kind of pivot that, you know, you, you wanted to do something more, be something more, um, and not, you know, not give up on your life because of an injury.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it definitely was not right away. Mm -hmm. Um, that first year in the hospital was, was one of the toughest years I've had in my life. And, um, it wasn't until I started getting out of the hospital bed and out of the room and started going to therapy, uh, going to PT, doing all those things and seeing just how many other men and women, uh, were at the hospital that were like me that were maybe not as injured, were equally as injured or even far worse than I was, because there are a lot of people that were, that were worse than me. Mm-hmm. And once I saw that, it put things in a perspective for me, you know, it, yeah. it, it, if we just keep our eyes open, we can see all these things. And I was kind of using their injuries to help get me through what I was going through by, mm-hmm. by telling myself like, Hey, I lost both of my legs, but I have both my arms. Like I was mm-hmm. at the hospital with a guy that lost both of his legs and both of his arms. Okay. Mm-hmm. All four limbs and he survived. And I'm thinking, what excuses do I have to be complaining right now? Like, why am I feeling sorry for myself? And I know this kind of gets me in trouble sometimes, but like, that's the type of motivation that I love. Like, I need somebody to tell me, hey, get off your ass, quit. I don't know why you're down on yourself. Like your life could be a lot worse, like get out there and do what you have to do. And that's mm-hmm. what I told myself. And that's, that's what I tell everybody else. Like, you know, we all go through traumatic experiences, traumatic events that, you know, shape the way that, that we live our lives and the path that we go down. Like it's inevitable. It's going to happen at some point. So we either let those things define us or we use them as motivation to get us to where we need to be, not only for ourselves, but for our family and for our friends. And that, that, that's what I kept telling myself was, you know, it's bad, but it it could be a lot worse or it could be, you know, the most severe and I could be dead. Like I need to be thankful for the life I have, whether it's good or bad, because I should be dead. And if that's, that's all that, that you have, then that's to me, that's enough reason to celebrate, especially if you should be dead
0: did did you have a hard time transitioning from being in the military and kind of just like that, you know, the brotherhood and and everything that you that you did in the military. Did you have a hard time transitioning from that to the civilian world at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to think I, you know, you live with these people all day every day. They're literally family, you know, your brothers and sisters. And then you go from from that to to going back to people kind of staying in their lane, having their 9 mm-hmm. to 5s and you know, you go to work, and it's like, oh, you're just at work with your coworkers. Then you go home, and your family's at home. When in right. the military, when you go to work, you're with your family. When you go home, you're with your family. When you you go to when you eat, you're with your family. When you sleep, mm-hmm. you're with your family. So it's it's uh it it was definitely you know I'm still trying to to you know work through all of that, but I have a close knit you know friend group right now that we just we do everything together. Um, We're there for each other. We're there for our, each other's families, and it, it gave me that that Marine Corps feeling again. And who would have thought half of us, you know, my, my best friend, uh, he, Bobby Steele, he was, he was in the Marines as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I've kind of, we've all kind of gravitated towards each other and, and built this small group and we just kind of depend on each other.
0: Yeah. I love that. I know that, um, you know, this is uh, veterans day week this week. And, um, I know that a lot of veterans really struggle with just kind of going back into that dark hole. Um, can you, I think that's like such an issue and it's not, it's not talked about enough. It's not spoken about enough. I think there's like this level of maybe shame or, or maybe they think that they're alone. Um, can you talk, can you touch on that for just a minute and talk about like, like if, did you have any addiction? Was it tough for you? And how did you get help if you needed it?
1: Yeah, of course. And, you know, more recently, you know, I think it's worse than ever um Mm -hmm. because Because of covid
0: and all the lockdowns
1: covid the lockdowns um you know and then the you know the withdrawal from afghanistan
0: yes yeah
1: that that literally you know it had me question it put me in the darkest Mm. place i've been since my injuries had me questioning like what did i give up half of my body for like right you know the taliban are not peaceful people they don't care about anybody they'll Mm -hmm. kill women and children they'll kill i mean family they don't care if you go against them or you're not right there on par with them then you know that's it for you Mm -hmm. and to see all the stuff that was happening on tv um it was the the first time i feel like in my in my life that it was just too much for me to handle Mm -hmm. and i didn't know Mm -hmm. what to do and i like couldn't understand why i was feeling all of these things and like as a as a marine you know, whether you're male or female, man or a woman as a Marine, like you're, you're taught to like, Hey, like zone that up, block that stuff out. Like we have a mission, we have a job to do, but mm-hmm. I just could not for whatever reason, you know, work through that. And I think it was just because like, I left part of my body over there and like right. thinking like they're good people that are over there. Just right. like we have here, you know what I mean? They're yep. good people. They want to take care of their families. They want to work. And then you have that 1%, just like we have here in the U.S., that ruin it for everybody that, that make it difficult for us to live. And it's, I mean, it's a lot worse over there. I get that I'm not trying to compare, but the concept's the same. And, uh, I didn't know what to do. So I called the VA and, uh, said, Hey, I need some, like, I need some help guys. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like, I'm having these thoughts. I don't know like what to do. Um, I, I found a, a, a treatment center that was well-equipped for, for what I felt like I needed. and. Uh, I thought that I could just call the VA and they say, Hey, okay, good to go. You know, we got you covered. Just, just head out there. Let us know how it goes. And it was actually the exact opposite. It was, mm. whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, before you get any help, we need to see you, but we can't see you right now or tomorrow or in two days or three days or four days or five days or six days. We can see you in eight days because wow. the director for our, they called it the combat related stress program, mm-hmm. um, is on vacation. And um, that person won't be back for another eight days, but I could I could talk to them then when they get back. No sense of urgency, none like, "Hey, we have somebody else on call." Or I'm thinking, if I'm the director of that program, um, I and I get a phone call to the VA like this from a vet, you better be calling me whether I'm on vacation or not, and letting me know. There was no sense of urgency. It was kind of like brushed to the side, and I was like shocked. Like I was, my mind was blown, and I was thinking like. Back to like the the news that you hear on the news, you know, the the heading of, you know, we had a veteran commit suicide in the parking lot of the VA. Yeah, you know, and right. I'm thinking, like it made me think like, holy shit, like this is real. Yeah. Like yeah. Like I've never asked them really for anything. Here I that's am. What I, that's a- what I was D- gonna D- ask
0: you. If if you had any other, you know, like uh, situations like this where it's obviously urgent, it's it's an um, it's an emergency. And Not wow, this is your first time
1: not one time. And I even said that to them. I said, look at my record. Like, look at everything I've been through. Yep. I said, I've not asked you guys for anything. The only thing that I've ever asked is that my retirement, my pay is on time, which that's a given, like <laughs> yeah. make sure I get paid on time.
0: right? And if
1: I, if I need a doctor's appointment, that's it. And I go to my checkups and that's it. Like once, twice a year, like mm-hmm. I'm not there every other, like, but their thing was, we need to diagnose you. And I'm thinking like, you can't just take my word for it.
0: Mm-hmm. And right. like, it's yeah, it's like- urgent. Yeah. Let's get me started with treatment and get me to a, a safe place where I can start recovering and making exactly. myself better. And then let's do the treatment.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Or, or like, <laughs> Hey, just get out there. And if they yeah. think that, Hey, maybe they're not the right fit and we can, you can come to one of our facilities, then let's do that. Yeah. But it was just like no sense of urgency, mm-hmm. but thankfully uh wounded warrior project somehow heard Somebody I I guess somebody at the VA or somebody overheard the conversation or something. And Wounded Warrior Project called me um within like 20 minutes and was like, hey, get on a plane, go where you gotta go, don't worry about anything. Uh we'll see you when you get back. Stay as long as you wow. need to stay. And that was wow, it.
0: That's amazing.
1: And I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life because of it. Wow. Yeah, life-changing. Yeah. Absolutely life-changing.
0: So that was that was about a month ago.
1: That was uh Two months ago? So August. August 15th and mm-hmm. I came back, uh, September 20th.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you so think like, some of, how do you think like some of your friends and stuff that were over there and how, how is, you know, how are other veterans that you know of and even like wounded veterans, how are they dealing with everything that, you know, with the pullout and everything happening over in Afghanistan?
1: It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and, a lot of guys aren't as fortunate as me to have that retirement, you know, they, you know, and to, to be able Mm -hmm. to, to go away, you know what I mean? For a month. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like, in my opinion, um, that is something that the VA should be taking care. Like if you need to Mm -hmm. go and you're like, Oh, I can't, I can't go help myself because I got to pay these bills. Well, that's where the VA needs to step in because you know, how much it's, it's just like, what are, what are, what are these, what are we worth to them? You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who would agree with me that, you know, if you need help, go get the help because it's not what, what, you know, what, what are you going to be able to do, you know, for your country or for your family if you're not, mm-hmm. not here anymore? Like take that mm-hmm. 30, 30 days, is not a long time. Take that 30 days, make sure the families are, are, are fine back home. I'm sure we have people all around this country that would volunteer to make sure that everything yeah. is taken care of, yeah. you know, like no brainer. Okay. Without the VA and go get the help, come home and, It's like you never left. You come back better. That's it. But like for some reason, we just we haven't figured that out yet. I don't know Mm -hmm. why. Mm
0: -hmm. A lot of your experiences, it it you know, it seems like, and things that I see you doing, it's like it's so crazy to think back and and to look at some of the hardest things that we've gone through, and to be like, man, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, or have the platform that I have today, or being able to help people that I'm helping today, if it wasn't for that truly dark time in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, when I speak, when i when I have, you know, I have a speaking event coming up this weekend for Marine Corps ball. Um, but before I had my daughter, my daughter, Remy, she's two and a half years old. Um, before when I would do speaking events before she was born, I would say the greatest thing that happened to me was losing both my legs in Afghanistan. And mm. people are like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you have no idea how it shaped me. Um, mm-hmm. Through the the tough times, and you know, I'm 32 years. I just I'm 32 years old, and I feel like I could literally take on anything in my life right now. Mm-hmm. 1,000 percent independent. You know, with me and my family, and that there's nothing in front of us that we wouldn't be able to tackle because of the experiences that I've been through. And mm-hmm. I just can't imagine what life's going to be like when I'm 40 or 50, and how much I'm going to be able to, you know, give back and you know, be able to just help those that are that are going through things similar because of the the hardships that I've, that I've had to overcome and not just from the Marine Corps, but even before, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All of your life experiences. I know that fitness for you, it's gotta be really important for you to stay in really good shape. And you, I mean, you're so strong, like the pictures that I see on social media and stuff, like training has to be serious for you was it like, has, have you always, like, did you just like adapt to that after your injury and through recovery or was it something that you've started taking a little bit more seriously and um because I can only imagine the amount of body like the upper body strength that you need yep. to like get around and to move yourself and can you talk yeah. about your uh, fitness stuff
1: Yeah 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 so it was you know it's something that I always just did for fun I was you know mm-hmm. an athlete growing up but you know I would just do it to stay in shape but like now it's literally you know like life and death it really is yeah. you know yeah. we're talking I let myself go that my quality of life goes down. And then, um, you know, instead of living until I'm I'm 80, I live until I'm 60, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, my goal is to just be in the best possible shape that I can and, and be as healthy as I can. Because as I get older, my life does not get easier. It gets exponentially harder. You know, mm-hmm. as, as, as we get older, things get a little more difficult, but mm-hmm. for me, you know, you multiply that by 10 or 20 mm-hmm. because of, um, you know, being in a wheelchair, I want to stay out of that as long as I can. The only way I can do that is to make sure that my upper body is uh, is strong to compensate for not having legs, and mm-hmm. uh, that's why I do what I do. I mean, I'm in the gym almost every day. Um, I'm not. I up until about last year, I was doing a lot of powerlifting, um, but I'm not benching 450 pounds anymore. Weighing 130 pounds, that's really not meant for your body to do that. So um, mm-hmm. I kind of switched gears a little bit. And uh, can
0: you can you squat?
1: So I've, I've tried that. We're trying, Mm -hmm. I've deadlifted. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been able to deadlift with just, you know, my one prosthetic, um, Mm -hmm. with the help of another veteran. Um, and we're still trying to figure out the squat thing. Um, I think next six, six months to a year, we'll Mm -hmm. we'll have a video out there being Mm -hmm. able to do it. It's, I mean, it's like doing a a pistol squat with half your leg. You know right. what I
0: mean? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to picture like what that would even like the just how, what you would need and how I just it's, didn't know if that was something that they've, you know, with prosthetics, even if they've gotten to.
1: We tried. I've tried it. It's yeah. just, you know, I'm a left below the knee, but I only have about <laughs> four or five inches of my residual limb on the left side. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. not like, you know, it's not like I have a calf muscle. I only have a little bit of the, you know my knee there and, and my left leg. I've I lost some of my quad muscle from the shrapnel. Mm-hmm. So even that muscle is a little bit weak, but um, is there a way? Yes. Have I figured that out yet? No, mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. it can be done um, and it will be done eventually.
0: What's your favorite uh, gym exercise to do?
1: Uh, bench. I love bench.
0: Bench. You love bench? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: I've always been strong at bench, you know, even mm-hmm. when I had both my legs, 150, I weighed 150, 160, was always benching over 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the most I've gotten uh, since then is um, with no legs, 405. Um wow. I've done three. Dude, right You're now, strong. I US, thank you. Thank you. I have that's, the USPA national record right now. Um, wow. I did uh, 355, weighing 129 pounds.
0: Dang. Um, I didn't know I that. Going, that's some yeah, people. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I was supposed to compete this fall in September in the warrior games, but they Mm -hmm. canceled it because of COVID and I was going to go for 400 pounds weighing 132. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I was close. I was close. It would have been a game time thing. Um, and then I, I partially tore my pec and, uh, all that good stuff, but I mean, it didn't, I'm back. I'm fine now. So I'm benching again, doing all that good stuff. Well, hopefully um, they
0: have it next year and then you just have a whole another year to get even stronger.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's supposed to be in Texas. So, in San Antonio, which will be good. So, uh-huh. I feel like regardless of whatever's going on in our country, Texas will yeah. not cancel that. So, I
0: don't think I don't think they'll cancel.
1: <laughs> no, no. It was in Florida this year, but um I guess they overruled the governor and mm. the the DOD stepped in and said, "Hey, we're getting a direct order from the president to cancel. But then a week later you have a hundred thousand people to Penn state football game. Like it's no big deal. So right. Yeah, I it, know. it doesn't it make
0: is. a lot of sense. Um, yeah. so along with like the speaking stuff that you have, uh, what, what are some of the nonprofits that you do? What are some yeah. of the, can you talk about your, cause you have a nonprofit, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have, um, um, uh, steel city impact, which mm-hmm. is a Pittsburgh based nonprofit, um, and, uh, right now I'm the, the executive director and I have an after school program Monday, Wednesday, Friday from two to six, um, picked one of the toughest schools in the Pittsburgh area. Stow rocks. Is that,
0: is that uh, where you're at right now?
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually there right now, actually mm-hmm. at their football practice. Mm. Um, we, uh, we actually, I had one of my friends played for the Steelers, Ryan Shazier. Um, he was paralyzed, uh, during, in a game, just a freak accident, hit somebody and, uh, hit him the wrong I'm way. A, I'm a
0: huge Steelers fan.
1: Oh yeah. We got to get you out here for a game.
0: Dude, I know I Whatever would love that. I've only been to I've only been to one Steelers game and it was like oh it was, my gosh. It was so amazing Whenever. with the terrible towel. Like
1: oh <laughs> last was night awesome. was crazy too. It was a crazy game I last bet. night. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, so actually I'm out here at the football practice. They had just mm-hmm. won their, their first playoff game. They destroyed the team. They're probably one of the best teams in the state, but uh we were supposed to have to practice down at the stadium. But their school was closed down for the week. So we had to go to the elementary school because there was another shooting last mm. night. Um, it's a regular thing at this school. Um, but I had Ryan Shazier from the Steelers come up to practice today. He's talking to the kids now. They're getting ready to wrap up. Um, so I promised cool. them if, if they won their first playoff game that he would come and talk to them. So mm. uh, we're up here now um, just, you know, packing the day. That's what we got to do. So that's why I'm in my car. I'm usually a lot more professional, but you got to do what you got to do, right?
0: You got to do what you got to do. Are you uh, driving Ryan around?
1: Uh, no, well, actually, I was. But, I didn't. Um, I didn't know if
0: you were going to let him drive your new car or not.
1: Oh yeah, he, he, yeah. Whatever. He's he's got his uh, <laughs> he's got a, his truck sitting next to me. It's a, a Ford F one fifty Shelby. So um, very cool. Very yeah, cool. yeah. He, he likes his vehicles.
0: So what's next for you? Like, what's where can people follow you at? And uh, if they want to yeah. get involved, I know it's a local charity that you have there. Uh, but, but are there any to- other like? Yeah, go yeah. for it.
1: Rescue 22 Foundation. Yeah. Um, okay. That's what I was yeah. going to ask
0: you. Other like maybe yeah. nationally, more nationally known foundations yeah, so. that for this Veterans Day, people can like get involved with and learn more about.
1: Yep. And I am their national veteran representative. So I travel awesome. the whole country for Rescue 22. Wherever we get a veteran that, um, that we're giving a service dog to, I go to that that area where the veteran lives and I've sourced funds to pay for that dog. So the veteran has $0 coming out of pocket. So say we get a veteran in Florida, I go to Florida and I get all the businesses in that area. I get pull them together, pull the community together and we get them to fund the dog. Each mm. dog runs anywhere from 25 to $40,000. Mm. So my, my job is to go to that city. So this veteran doesn't have to wait. Um, cause we have veterans on wait lists. And the only reason we have a wait list is because of the money. So, um, what I found is, you know, people want to talk to me because of my injuries. And you just look at me and you, you see, oh, veteran, what happened? And then it gets the conversation going. And then we start talking about how Rescue 22 changed my life with my service dog, Hatfield. Um, I'm always traveling, always on the road. It's like having my best friend with me all the time. So I don't really ever have time to you know, let my guard down. And, you know, I, it keeps me busy, keeps me on task. And uh, it's just a, a good friend to have. It changed my life. And I want to make sure that. It, Other veterans have that opportunity as well. And if it's as simple as just raising some money, then I'll do everything that I can. Because, I mean, we're talking, I've been blessed with a huge network to where we had another veteran. We have two veterans in Pittsburgh that were put on the list for a dog. I was able to make one phone call and get the dog fully funded by one donor. Then we had another veteran about two weeks ago get approved for a dog. And I called one of my other buddies, who's a businessman in Pittsburgh. And he said, here, just take my credit card and run it for the full amount. And I said, you do realize that I'm running your credit card for $30,000. And he said, hey, if it's for a veteran, I don't care. And I ran his credit card for $30,000 and funded the dog. I love patriots. Me too. I mean, this dude, (laughs) if I called him once a week and said, hey, I need 30 grand for a dog, he wouldn't even blink an eye. His name's Sean Parrish. Uh, He started, uh, he's part owner, part inventor of Fit Crunch Protein Bars. Dang, that's amazing. Robert Irvine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good friends with the guys over at Redcon. Aaron Singerman, those guys—they mm-hmm. they they back uh, Rescue 22. Uh, they they really do. Um, and they're Sean and Aaron are good friends. And Sean just started another company called Fortifex, and their protein bars, half granola, half protein bars, kind of like a meal replacement. And uh, you know, he's made all of his money. He's done well for himself. He started this company for his childhood friends to get rich, and they're That's- all part owners in it.
0: That is so cool, dude. I, yeah, I just love
1: teachers, (laughs) police officers. And they're literally he did it so that they could get like, he is a stand up guy. Uh, his name's Sean Parrott. You can find him on Instagram, first and last name really big in the fitness industry and just a great guy. And, uh, just somebody that's been so helpful, um, in my life and for us and the foundations, uh, somebody that you would, you definitely get along with.
0: So if somebody is listening to this and they think that they need a canine from Rescue 22 Foundation, how do they apply for that?
1: Yeah, reach out to me. Just reach out. Um, Facebook, Instagram. My Instagram is uh, my first and last name, just at Brandon Rumbaugh, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-R-U-M-B-A-U-G-H. And they can send me uh, a DM on there. And I will literally take them through the whole process. They don't have to do any of it alone, help Mm fill out the application. Um, I will make sure we get it funded get them moved up on the, on the list and we'll get them.
0: Do you have any idea of how many vets are waiting are on a wait list right now for canines?
1: Yeah. Right now I have eight veterans that Mm. I'm, that I'm working to raise funds for. Um, My goal is to have them funded by the end of the year, which is a a huge goal. My goal for next year is to bring in uh, a million dollars for the foundation. Um, But I have, I have veterans in Florida uh, I think uh, Michigan, uh, Texas, New Jersey. Um, I'm going to uh, Texas next week, McAllen, Texas, very remote area. And I know nobody there. I'm just going to fly out on a Monday and I'm going to work the area, meet with business owners, just pop in and tell them, hey, I got a veteran here. We got to raise money for him uh, to get him a dog and see what we can do. And that's, I feel like that's that's the best way to do it mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. you know, rely on the, the, the same people over and over let's go to the community where these, these yeah. people know these veterans, um, right. 30 grand. Is it a lot of money? Yes. But when you're talking about raising it in a community, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not, it's not a lot. Right. It's yeah. Not.
0: If ever, um, if everybody just pitches in, yeah, exactly, it, yeah. it's, you it's, know, it's throw in doable. 100 bucks,
1: 500 mm-hmm. bucks, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it, it can become real, real life very quickly.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing all this. Um, I've heard no, so like so much about Rescue Twenty Two Foundation and everything that they're doing just to to help out veterans. Um, Angela Connor,
1: she founded it, co-founder. Um, you know, we work with trainers from RidgeSide Canine, the um, Coastline Canine. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, my buddy Will, he's he's the owner over at uh, RidgeSide, and uh, he's mm-hmm. a Marine. Um, just they they you know they just do amazing things, and um, it's just uh, as you know they just. They put out top-notch dogs. Mm-hmm. Hatfield is the best dog I've ever had in my life. Like they Hatfield's literally so told cute. Me, Thank you. They literally told me they said if we could recreate Hatfield for every veteran, he would work for every veteran. Like yeah. he's so versatile and just yeah. such a great dog. He would literally oh. do anything. It's amazing.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, so I, uh, I I just wanted to say in closing, and I know that the meeting outside with the football players is probably almost done. Um, but I just wanted to say like a, just a sincere thank you for your service and, um, everything that you've endured to be the person that you are today. And you are leaving such a great legacy and helping so many people around the world. And it's really just, it's so honorable that you are doing that and, um, uh, just creating this, this legacy that, um, it, it's amazing. So, thank you, thank, thank you, you for your sir. Thank you for your service, and um, it's so good to connect with you on here. Is there anything else like that you would like to say to the listeners or to any veteran that's that's listening? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, first off, I want to say thank you to you because you know, without patriots like you, and we have a lot of them uh, in our circle and around this country. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Honestly, like I, I just, I'm the face I'm out there, you know, just talking about the things that I've been through, but if I didn't have your support, your platform, Mm -hmm. if I didn't have uh, the support from so many others, um, I would, what would we have? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a team effort. And um, I just, you know, want to make sure that the listeners, everybody knows that, you know, without people like you, none of this would be possible without the listeners, none of this would be possible. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have a platform. We wouldn't have Mm -hmm. anything, you know? So I, I owe everything to them and I'm I'm sure you'll agree with me there. Without yeah. without your your team and, and everybody else, like what would we have? Nothing right. Yeah, and that's, that's why what I like to this. say.
0: Like I'm just like one person, but you know, creating yeah. a good team and just creating that circle of support and people who believe in you and your mission and what you're doing, it just helps magnify all the yep. positivity and the good vibes that we're trying to put out. So, yeah, thank you guys yep. so much if you're listening to this. Like, we really do appreciate your support, and um, I appreciate you guys supporting people like Brandon who are going out every single day and who are hustling and just putting yep. in the work and and truly changing lives. So, I won't take any more. of your time brandon thank you so much i love love your new whip it's amazing are you you, gonna are you gonna be doing like a are you gonna whip it around on like a instagram reel soon oh yeah for sure
1: for sure i gotta well first i gotta take it to get it wrapped i'm getting it wrapped od green black nice. out the emblems, you know, might do some Marine Corps <laughs> stuff, but I want to get all that done first. Um,
0: cool. But yeah,
1: so you might see me around Pittsburgh or on Instagram, but also, um, if anybody, mm. I do a lot of speaking as well. So, mm. uh, motivational public speaking, anything that you need, any events, I go all over the country, outside of the country, any of the listeners, uh, want to have me at their event, anything, just please reach out on Instagram. Um, and even if you just have a question, anybody just wants to pick, wants me to pick their brain, they want to do a one-on-one session. They're just down and they just want to talk and maybe get some motivation. Uh, I'll do that as well. So please don't be afraid to reach out veteran or not anybody. Um, you know, we're here for, for you guys. So, um, you know, whatever you guys need, we're here.
0: I love that. And you speak to schools, you speak to corporations, sports
1: teams, colleges, fortune awesome. 500 companies, churches, literally one person to Five thousand I've done. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't care. You know, whatever whatever's in your budget will make it work. Um, if if you don't have a budget, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Um <laughs> I love You that. know, just it's it's mm-hmm. one of my businesses. You know, it is it is how I, you know, provide for my family. But you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, we'll figure it out. So I love that. Um, awesome. Yeah. No, thank you. All right.
0: All right, Brandon, we have a great night. Have fun uh with your new whip. And uh yes. I just I can't wait to keep following you and watching you on social media. So
1: Hey, likewise.
0: Thanks for listening to Reborn with Ashley Horner. Be sure to follow and leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about the show. Thanks again for listening to the Reborn Podcast from Ironclad. See you guys next week. Bye.